Hey, what's up? This is Craig from Mana Lion, and you're listening to New Zealand Entertainment Podcast. Yeah. Welcome back. Uh, I'm with uh, Jared today. Hi, Jared. Hello, Walt. Uh, and I'm with Walt today. Hi, hi, Walt. And we're also with Cameron Rhodes from Housebound. Give us intro music there. Oh, yeah. How about some of Hello, Moto. Annoying ringtone in the history of movies. Gosh, that's high tech, isn't it? Aren't you lucky, Kylie, having all that fancy technology on your foot? Nice being back home. Some things have happened since I've been here. Things I can't explain. Excellent. We have Mr. Cameron Rose. Welcome to our boudoir. Oh, thanks very much. Great. Uh, glad to be here. Great to be here. Just doubles as a podcasting studio. It certainly does, yeah. And uh, the couch, this is not the casting couch, of course. Um, <laughs> that would be a whole different show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it is a nice couch. It is. And it's great to see you. We first uh, were fortuitous to bump into Cameron at the show Dog at Dog. Q Theatre. Yeah, he Cameron had gone to the dogs. You, you, you nudged me and said, hey, there's that guy from Housebound. Yeah, and then we realised that the guy acting in dogs... Um, McInnes. Yeah, McInnes. That's right, Mick. Yeah, yeah, and then we thought, well, is Cameron here to support Mick? And I wonder if that's the case. Yeah. Or, yeah, well, or were you just there and, hey, it's Mick. No, Please, spill the beans, Cameron. Uh, well, we're kind of both really. I know Mick is a fabulous actor. Uh, also, Gareth Williams, is a friend of mine, was in it too. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, went along to, um, in fact, I may have even been invited, I think, so, to um, support them, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot, yeah. Gareth, Gareth Williams. Did you uh, the big tall guy. Yeah. The, the, he was, guy, yeah. he was brilliant. Yeah. I just thought he was hilarious. He was in a pocket that night that we saw him. Yeah, and he's um, in Jesus Christ Superstar at ATC, he's great in that too, he's a really good singer as well. Yeah, well, I couldn't get a word in sideways after the show. Getting on saying Gareth, this Gareth in the in the pocket there. Was he, he was very good. I thought he was a standout guy. Yeah, in that particular show, yeah. um, we loved Nick in Housebound. He was he was yes. perfect. He was the perfect kind of. Is he bad guy? Is he not in in Housebound? Um, I'm not sure this is giving it too much away, but he wasn't originally in the script when I we first started filming it, which was three years ago. It took a long time to make. Um, his character didn't exist. So he was put in late in the day to be um, a diversion, I think. So, yeah, but um, he's fabulous in it. Yeah. Was the film a little bit like that, Filming Housebound? Did it change by the minute, or uh, was there a few swap-arounds? Yes, yes. I mean, the script was very tight originally, and I think I auditioned five times for it, four or five times. Cause, really? Yeah, because Gerard is very um, particular in what he wants, and I didn't really know him at all. So I auditioned once, and I came back again and again and again. We workshopped it. Basically the same scene over and over the first scene I'm in, which then, then was cut down, so it's not as long as the original one he wrote. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we did that a lot. And then, you know, we kind of filmed most of the film, because yeah. originally it was supposed to take two and a half weeks, part of the escalator scheme. Right. Like, friends of mine made a film, Fantail. I don't know if you've seen Fantail. We have. Yeah. Sophie and uh, her husband. Sophie and her husband, Curtis. Yeah, yeah and so... Their one um, took two and a half weeks to film, I think. That's what Housebound was supposed to do. Yeah. Ended up taking three, almost three and a half years. No way, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but that's what happens. Did it, did it have, especially with the low budgets, did you have much of a budget for Housebound? No, no, the budget was 250000 which is 
less than half a TV episode. So you can see nothing trivial or something on TV. I think they're probably 400,000, 500,000 an ep, you know, New Zealand TV. Um, and this is half that for a, for a longer thing, for an hour and a half film or even an hour and three quarters. So you can see the, 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 the tiny budget it had, yeah. Okay, well, on that note, we just had a, a text from uh, Hannah, who is our other co-host. Oh, you're giving away some scaffolding there. We're, we're going to cut to a commercial break, and we're going to go and grab the lovely Hannah, and you'll, okay. you, you'll be... Get some outro music on there. Yeah, yeah, here we go, here we go. Um, well, 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 I'm getting Bossa the Nova. music. Um, Get some Bossa Nova beats. Oh, monk chimes. We'll be back after this. Sounds like the doorbell. We're back again, and uh, everyone's on a sugar-free kick. We've, we've busted, broken out the, uh, the biscuits, um, but we're, no one's taking the biscuits. Yeah, I have to be. Uh, I'm on a sugar-free kick when I'm here, and Wild can see me, because we, we made a pact not to eat sugar and stuff, but when I'm alone, yeah. that's a whole different story. We've made a pact not to eat sugary biscuits, and we just opened up the biscuit packet there. Um, right, Hannah, great to see you. Thank you, guys. Good to see you. It's been a while since we saw you on your high heels on your scooter at the New Zealand Film Awards. Yes, and... Today's no different. <laughs> Today's no different. These are Hannah's safety shoes right here. Oh, nice, Hannah. Are you going somewhere after this, like Cameron is? Uh, yes, uh, Gentleman's Club. Oh. What is that? What does that mean, Gentleman's Club? <laughs> I think when you say the... the um, Cameron's interested. Jono and James Tito, they're doing like oh. a, a free barbecue and a um, bit of rhymes oh, and oh, stuff. Oh, it's Jono's birthday, Jono Kenyon. Yes, yes. Are you going to that? Yes. I've been invited to that. Oh, you should come. What time's it on? Uh, starts at five. Uh, I might come later because I'm going to do some drinks. Some other friends at Kingsland. Okay. There's a, 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 a social net, a calendar here. Josh, are you going to that? Uh, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, guys, we're not doing well, anything. Too well, well, those um, two are catching up. Um, yeah. I'm sure Cameron was thinking what I was thinking. The gentleman's club sounds like one of those, uh, you know, gentleman's well, club. Anything yeah. to do with John O'Kenyon? With mistress, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Uh, Mate, we'll just go to Burger King after this, mate. Are you, are you available, Jim? Oh, I'm on a sugar-free diet. Um, but we're back talking with Mr. Cameron Rose, uh, one of the stars from Housebound, and we want to talk about this movie, which we saw earlier this year, Jared. Yeah, it's actually, Cameron, um, you know, and, and you have to take some credit for it too. Uh, this is one of the first films that I've seen in New Zealand that there hasn't been a like, oh, a cringe moment. Oh, what did I have to do that for? Because it, it just flowed all the way through. It was a nice story. It kept busy. It was entertaining. Um, has everyone seen it by now? You guys listening? Yeah. Hannah, you seen it? Movie? You seen it as well? What did you think of the movie? Um, I love the actress. You know, I love this. Morgana. Morgana. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We, we loved it too. I think we all had a bit of a, a, a selfie with her and her husband. Yeah, we did. We did have a selfie with her. I didn't. I think uh, all of you guys look great in that photo, but I didn't. So okay. now, uh, Cameron, you 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 know Morgana quite well, and also Sophie Henderson as well from Fantail. You had some uh, digs with and connections. Yeah, I think they were the same year at Unitech actually. Um, and I was um, teaching there, so I know them um, from those days when they were at drama school, yeah. and have remained friends with them, um, good friends. So yeah, no, I went to Morgana's wedding. She recently got married, and now is starring in Neighbours uh, in, in Melbourne, of course, and, and doing really well. And has a solo show, The Height of the Eiffel Tower, which she's been doing around the world, and does in living rooms. Um, and I, and Sophie's a friend of mine too, and I've directed Sophie, and she wrote Fantown. Is doing a lot more writing. And Fantail was directed by her husband, Curtis Val, who's also a good friend. Yeah. You're, you're getting directly a lot of people in there. Now, Cameron, just go back to you. You used to teach these, uh, well, particularly um, Morgana. How does it feel? Do you, do you both turn up at the same auditions now? And how does it feel <laughs> being the master? And Yeah, I mean, not for the same parts, obviously, <laughs> unless you wear a dress or she wears her overalls. But, um, but you're both going for the same roles. How does that feel? <laughs> um, 
Well, uh, uh, it's always great. Quite often I do a bit of freelance acting teaching. You know, I have done that over the years. And, you know, you end up working, becoming a colleague with the people you teach quite often, you know, if they're good and they end up uh, having a career. Um, and have I worked with Morgana since? I'm not sure that I have worked with her since Housebound. Um, but, you know, she's gone to Australia. But um, Peter, uh, I've worked with her husband, Peter, who is a TV director, um, both here in Australia, and actually he hired me for a job, Secrets and Lies, which has just been on TV here, a thriller with Martin Henderson. Yeah. So I played a, a small role in that, and through that I've been getting some work in Aussie. So I worked with Peter probably more than I worked with Morgana, but I worked a lot with Morgana, of course, in Housebound. Now, now uh, uh, there's a friend that I, because I also act as well as teach, you know, and uh, uh, a guy I used to act with um, was also in Housebound, GP, played the security guard. Yeah, yeah. How is it working with him? He was funny. Yeah, he's great. He's fantastic. I think he's he's living in Western Australia now. Yeah. He is. He's out there doing some working with on the reservations. On the, the reservations, doing some not charity, but pretty close to it. Community work. Community work. I think with um, uh, Aboriginal kids. I think he's doing a great uh, job. He's a lovely guy. Well, it was quite a funny, well, a funny story, but a weird story. We I had a quite good scene with him. Um, when I come down to the door and I'm pretending some things have happened, I don't want to give too much away. Anyway, we filmed that. We filmed over my shoulder on his close-up. And they turned around us for a brief... No, they didn't turn around. And I just turned around on the camera briefly. And they ran out of time. And I said, look, can we turn around and do my one? They said, no. And so we came back and did my reverse of the scene nine months later. <laughs> and he wasn't even there because he was in, a, in Australia. So they had somebody reading in for him. And I didn't, I, so in that scene, we're acting nine months apart. You would never know. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, no, you no, wouldn't know. You're, you're not yeah. doing it the same you did it nine months ago. You, you, you were, yeah. Somebody get out their film, uh, their phone, and, and let's have a look at the video for yeah. continuity. But, but with the magic of editing, fix it in post, oh, it yeah. was seamless, wasn't it? Well, you yeah, never yeah, know. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, definitely we're, we're seamless. Sure GP was still there with you. Now, the, the, the house, the house, How many houses did you guys use in the, in the movie? I think there might have been four, up to four houses. We had a, a really great house originally in um, Bayswater on the North Shore, and this couple, I think they were Dutch New Zealanders loved film, you know, and they very very kindly let us use the house. But then after, you know, several years, I think they wanted the house back. So we kept going back and forth. So we'd have another house in Mount, around here in Mount Eden, which sort of doubled and there was, you know, the, the whole new rooms they'd never seen before. And then there were other houses where there was a basement, then another house or something else. So in the end, it was a, there was another house for the exterior. Yeah. So it was actually a number of houses. So you never know, but... Yeah. You never know. No, 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 <laughs> yeah. no, exactly. Well, we, we loved uh, a, lot, a strong cast in there one. There was Rima Tiwiata as well, Mick Innes as well. Uh, what was it like working with Rima? Oh, well, Rima's fantastic, and I've worked with Rima years and years ago at the Mercury Theatre, you know, 25 years ago. Um, uh, yeah, and so but Rima is also a wonderful singer, of course, um, but I think this is, Rima does an amazing job in this film, but she's incredibly funny. So we were doing a scene... Um, a scene where she's offering me biscuits and stuff, but it was quite late at night. But we completely got the giggles and couldn't stop laughing, and so much that so we got told off by Gerard. I had to hold up my back of my script with eyes on it because we couldn't actually look at each other. I had to turn my head away and just do my lines, my off lines to the wall because we actually I couldn't get through without laughing because she's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was quite common, I think, that yeah. she'd send people up. But it was w- wonderful working with her, and she, her characterization is brilliant. I totally think. without the aid of alcohol. <laughs> Yeah, no alcohol, no, no, can't drink on the job. Okay, sugar-free. Just imagine the, the Gerard, the director, going, we have a limited budget, we are burning time, yes. <laughs> We're lucky to have one of uh, New Zealand's finest actors here, Mr Cameron Rose from the, the hit movie Housebound, uh, myself, Jarrett, and Hannah. We're all here. Right now, we've got an interview with Emma G and Chris Young from the band Static Era. Um, we're going to have a listen to what they've got to say about touring, about the New Zealand music scene. Is it all that, or is it just a facade? 
We'll find out soon with Emma G and Chris Young on New Zealand Entertainment Podcast. Right, here we are back again, and uh, I'm joined today by the lovely Emma G and Chris De Jong from the band Static Era. We're firing away. See what I did there? <laughs> no, no, I know. Did my research, Wikipedia. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> I didn't even know we had a Wikipedia page. I'm going to have to look into this. Lovely to have you two both here together at the same time, and uh, I hope that the cup of tea's up to your standard. Um, hey, listen, we talk about gigs in the industry, the music business. Uh, Chris, I think you kicked that off. Now, we're talking about, I think David Dallas has got a computer science uh, degree. I have no idea about David Dallas, but I guess all I can comment on is that I think with the creative types out there, you'd be surprised how many of them have a geeky analytical side to them as well. I believe it. Preaching to the choir here, Chris. Um, Chris is actually in IT as well, so that's why we're talking about that, that uh, little topical subject. No, really, it's, it's kind of pseudo. It, it, it's pseudo. It's not really. Look, 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 look. If you put me up against, say, like a, a systems engineer or a database analyst, no, they're, they're IT. You're trying to tell us you're not a Java programmer then? No, I am no Java or computer programmer whatsoever. I, I work. I like a Java coffee. <laughs> No, no, my day job is more in the online and digital space, so it's it's internet-related rather than hardware IT related. I think I know where you're going with that, Chris. Excellent. Um, Emma G, is it true you have the most unpronounceable name in New Zealand um, music? That's what I'm going for. Yeah, totally. It's Gamagami. Uh, that's the English pronunciation, but if you look at the Persian pronunciation, it's Amiri Ramarami. Oh, my OMG. An easier way to remember it is if you think of the Muppets... And, and remember the Manamana song, then you you are three quarters of the way to remembering how to pronounce it. Gamagami. Like I think we've we've actually hit upon a great way to, to pronounce your name phonetically and with the use of the Muppets thing song. I'm not gonna lie, I, I'm a huge Muppets fan. <laughs> Animal, my freaking hero. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's, oh, that's great. Hey, listen, uh, that's this uh, podcast goal right there. Um, hey, listen, the band Static here. Just for you, we have never broken that anywhere before, except maybe on Emma's personal Facebook page. So now you know. I was going to ask for an anecdote just for the podcast show, but I've got it right there, the first off the bat. Thank you, Chris. Um, Static Era, how did you guys get your name? Who came up with the name, Emma? Um, we, we spent the, a good three or four months deliberating um, words that we really, really liked the name of. And um, I'm not even kidding, going back to Chris's IT internet web based. Pseudo IT. Um, we actually went to um, bandnamegenerator.com. <laughs> Is there a bandgenerator.com website? That, that was one of the options. <laughs> so, yeah, because there were, there were um, the, I mean, we looked at na- like words that we liked the idea of, and static was something that, that, we, that kind of resonated with us because we feel that, um, you know, the. We wanted to make a difference. We wanted to push past the the static that is current society and um, challenge the the boundaries. And um, yeah, I'd like to say that Emma made that up just then and there. <laughs> Excuse me, I've had that ethos for a long time now. 
You just don't. <laughs> you've never shared that before until now. So once again, this is a second exclusive that you've just named. <laughs> I am. I am nothing but a still water. I I'm, I'm just googling up bandethos.com right now as we get it. It's right there on the first page at the top. Uh, Christy Young, you've been in a few bands, and most notably the Tadpole Band, which was which is around the '90s, with great bands like Inchworm as well. Um, a few bands like that. Uh, guitaring, um, man, I, I love your guitaring sound. You got the whole old school thrash metal meets uh, Iron Maiden. I mean, you got a whole whole mix in your influences and your styles. Um, what what do you uh, what? How do you come up with the ideas for the songs or the tunes of the songs? I hop on my guitar. I give it. I, I give it a bit he of. He actually a, hops. I, I give it a bit of a strum. I, I I sit there for hours until something I think that sounds decent comes out. How long? What's the longest time you've actually sat there? No. Like some of the songs that you you've got, you got two EPs that have come out. Um, you got about five music videos, and we were talking before about. Harbour or Nartha, I don't know where we, we lost it with that one. But you've got some big plans coming up um, as far as uh, album coming up as well. What's the, uh, for you, how important has it been for you to have, have these sort of goals for the band? I think goal setting is really important. Um, I mean, look, I, I think, you know, I'm not going to say that we've been absolutely perfect every single time, but I think it's really good to set some goals. So at least if you only get halfway there, then you still have a lot further down the track than if you weren't before. Um, we're at a stage now where the band's been going for about four years. We've independently um, recorded two EPs and how many videos are we up to now? Five, yeah. So this is completely, you know, independently done. No funding assistance whatsoever. And this was just an example that, you know, we just need to get out there and do it for ourselves. You know, we can't afford to wait. So guys, last, I think the last question I want to ask is like, um, how hard is it, uh, how tough is it in New Zealand being a musician? trying to get your, your music and, and videos out there. Is it as easy as it is now with New Zealand On Air funding and uh, kickstart and that, Chris, for you? I guess I'm going to be able to answer from a, a unique perspective because I've been on both sides, you know. Um, I, I've been on the side where I've had the music industry machine behind me and granted at the time I was really naive to how everything worked and it was like I was on this roller coaster and things just happened. And now, you know, a couple of bands later, I'm on the other side where it, it's honestly about fending for yourself. It's You have to be independent. you just got to go out there and do it. Is it easy? Hell no. And I take my hat off to any band that is out there playing gigs, recording music, and fighting to create their own fan base and an audience because it is not easy at all. Um, one of the things that I honestly also think as well is music is and I've shared this before, there's a facade. There's a facade around music, you know. Um, if you're lucky enough for people to see you on TV through a video or, or whatever, you know, there's that perception that success has occurred and that they must be doing financially well. Um, a classic example, I'll say, is the New Zealand Music Awards. For that one night, it seems like the glitz and the glamour and just how glorious the music industry is. But I can tell you right now that 90% of those successful artists are going back to a day job the next day. They've hired a limo, they've hired their, their nice suit, they've dressed up. It gives the impression of this glorious success, but it's a lot tougher than that. I think there's a valid point you raised there too about that, the facade of the music industry. you agree with that as well, Emma? Completely. I mean, I've, I've not had the... Um, I've, I've not got the history with the... With the system, shall we say that Chris has, but um, you know, so I'm still relatively new to the to the whole process. But and it's a beautiful process. Don't get me wrong. It's it's you know, it comes with this ups and it comes with the sounds. But um, it's 
yeah, it's one of those things where you've really, you've really become aware of um, the realities of the situation and how you're perceived by the community. I mean, behind closed doors, I'm a complete idiot. But <laughs> just, just to add, I mean, I, I guess you know where I'm going with this is that we've got some very prolific New Zealand songwriters that are still writing and they're still creating. But the thing is, because they're not in the public eye like they used to. People kind of don't even know that they're still doing their stuff, but they are independently. And I'll give you a classic example. Jason Kerrison from Opshot is still writing. He's just released his own solo EP. I just don't want people to have the illusions that if a band is based overseas, that they've cracked it and, you know, which is a funny thing because that happens here. I know with Weta, for example, years ago, Weta moved to Melbourne and all of a sudden everyone in New Zealand thought, these guys, they're, they're on the coattails of she had. they're cracking Australia, they're dominating Australia. And I think the reality, not, not that I've had any in-depth conversations, but I think the reality was they all found it tough living in a whole new city, living in Melbourne, that coming back to New Zealand was actually the highlight. Living overseas was tough. It's the same thing with when Sinead went over to Europe, you know, and I mean, I'm, I'm good friends with those boys and, you know, they, they spent their year or two or however long it was couch surfing and sleeping in, you know, in some pretty horrendous conditions. But again, they'd come back to New Zealand and there was this whole thing of, yeah, the boys are back, you know, they're cracking it in the UK in the UK and Europe. And I mean, granted, they were doing some really great things, but it's, yeah, it's a hard slog, especially when you're having to sort of re, um, re, recreate, I guess, your fan base and recreate what it is to be you. <laughs> You guys are both obviously passionate, which is good, because you need, as a musician, you need to have that passion to keep the band going. Um, unless, of course, Emma, you decide to start a family, you know, get pregnant or something. I don't know. And then it's <laughs> Music is my baby. <laughs> it's my whānau. Married. Married to the music. Not even kidding, I just wrote a blog about that. Music, music is totally my boyfriend, it's fine. <laughs> Best relationship I ever had. <laughs> Look, it's been great. Wisdom, pearls of wisdom here from uh, Static Era's Chris and Emma here on the Couch New Zealand Entertainment Podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, parting words before we demise our interview. Woo. Emma. Parting words. Something profound or whatever, or unprofound. Insert Hallmark quote here. No. <laughs> um, I, I guess, I mean, what, what Static Era is all about is just, you know, be true to yourself. Um, stick to your guns. And... Um, yeah, Dare to Fail. It's, it's, I mean, that was the name of our, our last EP. And it's all about, um, you know, you, you, can't, you can't succeed in anything unless you give it your, your full shot. And, uh, yeah, that's what we're all about. Can you top that one, Chris? That was pretty good. Uh, that was pretty damn amazing. Um, I guess the only thing that I'll say is just how important it is to have fans out there. Now, it doesn't matter what band you like. If, if you... Uh, a fan of a local band or a local artist, you know what, get out there and do everything you can to support them because that is honestly the reason that helps artists get through the tough times because they're doing it for, for people to appreciate the music and for the fans. Uh, so I guess, you know, after my multi-minute explanation, I can summarize it down to one sentence, which is, without the fans, artists are nothing. Oh, brilliant, mate. Brilliante. Very good, Chris. Chris and Eva, thanks very much for coming and talk to me. Thank you. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> Woo! And we're back yeah. with the challenge. That's a very talented Hannah Martin playing there yeah. on the keyboard. Hold that. Hold that thought. Hold that.
Uh, I'm holding it in my head. Yeah, I hold it in my hand. Now I'm balancing it on my feet. Here we go. Here we go. I know the film industry is quite small, um, Cameron, so I don't want this coming back on any of us here. Uh, but what's probably the, uh, the the highlight? What I'm sorry, no, the, the low light of your acting career. What uh, it's been the most un- unenjoyable sort of uh, event that you've been a part of? Was it? Would it did involve singing? Maybe? <laughs> no, no. Um, oh, actually, I have lost my voice hideously um, uh, doing Assassins, this Sondheim musical. That would probably be one of the. Oh, it was one of the sort of. I suppose worst moments when my voice completely went, really? like no, it's, it's like the actor's nightmare. Other than being in a show where you don't, you know, you lose your pants, like those dreams, and you don't know what the <laughs> lines are. But or hierarchy horror, <laughs> yeah, but like that. But um, where my voice didn't come, the preview didn't come out. It was like nothing, and it was my vocal cords were in paralysis. It was actually terrifying. It was like a microphone cutting in and out, and that was so hideous. I thought things can't get any worse than this ever, and I went and got you know some steroids I think and sort of semi came back that was terrifying genuinely terrifying mm. but on the whole um, there have been productions that have been hard um, hard yakka yeah. but you know everybody's it's everybody's there because they want to be on the whole mm. so even in um, or you know sometimes productions close early that doesn't happen very much actually another production of Assassins closed early at the watershed years ago that was really tough when people don't come to a show yeah. um, also we did the actors yeah. The New Zealand Actors Company, we toured, we did Midsummer Night's Dream, we toured, we did King Lear, or a Lear, a version of that, which um, did got, got crucified by the reviewers. Um, I thought it was a good show, got crucified by the reviewers, and then people didn't come to it in Auckland, and that closed the company. And that was a touring Shakespeare company that friends of mine set up. That was a low light, I suppose. And after that, I thought, I want to, I want to give up acting after this because it's too tough. But then, you know, I went, went to a bar and Michael Hurst was there. It was about four months later. That's when I started really doing a lot of teaching. And he said, oh, you'd be perfect. I want to cast you in Hamlet as the player king. You know, it's great to be cast in a bar. And then I got back on the horse again, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was nothing to do with the people involved with these productions. Just sometimes it's, it's ups and downs, you know. It can happen. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing worse than doing a show and nobody coming. Well, sometimes all it takes is Michael Hurst to get you back up on the horse again. Yeah. Now, when, when, you know, because that is, that is a, a, an actor's, a particular theatre actor's dread is having no one in there, the producers dread to have no one in this picture theatre, but um, do you still hold it professionally and you go ahead and do the whole full show? I think, I think it's the old story is cast plus one. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the old thing. If you've got the cast and one audience member more than the cast, it's usually a call done by the company or stage management. You know, there's only five people who may not do it. But there's some famous story an actor told in New Zealand they're doing a show and nobody's coming. And they said, oh, we do. We wanted to do it. But there's one person left in the audience at, and if it was one person come back, we have to do it. And they did the show, and they took the applause. The lights came up, and it was a coat. Someone left their coat. <laughs> <laughs> True story, evidently. True story. That could happen. Worst things that happen on the podcast show with us as well, Jerry. That's, no one's listened. That's a good little story, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, no, I always listen to this. Except I, I'm just me and you and my mum. Hannah, you sound as, as good as the demo on that, um, Rachel. Um, now, Hannah, you were telling us you're in a, in a period uh, film at the moment. What's it called? Uh, it's a working title, Silverville. Silverville. Are you able to divulge or do you have to sign all those horrible forms? Oh, I haven't asked anyone. <laughs> Let me tell you a few things about Hannah. Hannah has, you know, she's allowed to divulge us. She's got the lead role in this picture. So it's not just, you know, often you think, oh, I'm in a feature film and you're this or that, that but she's actually lead, cast as the lead. 
And what are you playing? What sort of character do you play? Are you able to give that much away? I'm an adopted child. Um, I'm stubborn but strong-minded woman. You're giving too much away. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Who's, who's making it? Who's, who's doing it? Throw Rose Goldthorpe. You know who, Cameron? No. Oh, yeah. Youngin. Emerging, but, yeah. yeah. That's all yeah. I want to say right now. <laughs> yeah, now the name Goldthorpe immediately rings bells of uh, spy movies and uh, espionage. Yeah, gold, yeah. Yeah, yeah, spy, spy spy thrillers. Goldthorpe, was it? No, who was no. it? Gold, gold no. member, gold member. <laughs> gold member. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so it's not Rose gold member, no. I thought you were talking about Bunnythorpe down in, by Palmerston North, which uh, Hannah actually lives down by Bunnythorpe, not Goldthorpe. Um, excellent, good post. Now back to the movie. Are you surprised with all the accolades? It's probably the, the, the New Zealand film that's picked up the most accolades overseas. Are you surprised at the way it's been received overseas? Yes, a little bit. I mean, it's. Um, I mean, a lot of films just go nowhere, do they? I mean, they just you see them and they end up not to be mean, you know, unrented at the Video Easy and Ponsonby in the New Zealand section and you nobody rents them. Um, but local release is fine. They have a sort of good short run. But but Housebound actually has had fantastic. Feedback and won a number of awards around the world, and um, you know it's been playing in Paris, Toronto, um, London, you know, and, and it's doing really well on um, demand, uh, iTunes and video on demand in the states, which is how a lot of people watch movies now. They up, they download them uh, legally, hopefully, and um, also on Blu-ray. So it's actually getting quite a big international following. I think the genre is very popular, and, and also having Peter Jackson endorse it can only but help. But it's a bit like his early films in that comic horror genre, of which there are many followers, it seems, around the world, yeah. And a hard one to nail, I think, that genre. Yeah. You had Morgana Riley, of course she was up against Sia, uh, Trockenheim, and then also Gerard uh, Johnson was up against James Napier Robertson, when they just cleaned up on there. Um, but, I mean, you know, if you think an international movie, I think uh, Housebound, Everything We Loved, is also doing well in festivals around the world. Yes. Um, and it just shows you just the, the, the climate in the New Zealand film industry at the moment is quite ha- kind of healthy. There's also what we do in the shadows as well, which which was uh, you know it's probably similar to, to the genre, except it's gone doco, moco, moco mentry. They, they, they often travel together, often in, in festivals together. Um, and um, Tiger's film, of course, has done amazingly well. It is slightly different in the sense it was improvised a lot, I think, and they um, they, they had a different approach to it. But it's also fabulous and, and can only but help when all the Kiwi films are doing well overseas. So I think we're punching well above our weight um, in terms of the, the cost of them, sure, uh, as well as, uh, you know. But the, our, our ideas are fantastic here, I think. And um, people it sort of appeals to people, which is great. There's been a lot of talk because a lot of, a lot of filmmakers are finding it hard you know, getting funding for their movies. But a lot of them have been like The Last Saint, for instance. Rene was saying that, you know, they, had to, they wanted to make films that they wanted to make, so they made The Last Saint. Um, how, you know, and, but still this year, we've had like so many uh, full feature films being released. What do you think, the, the, what do you contribute to the success of the films this year, releases? Yeah, um, I mean, sometimes the films are made um, in other years and it takes a while for them to come out. They just seem to have come out now together, you know, a lot of these films. Um, but Renee's one, for example, I think he entirely funded. I think it's completely self-funded. It is, um, which is a, a amazing, amazing, a Jake, amazing testament to Renee and his team. Um, it just the climate, and I think as, uh, there was a very quiet patch. But people have just got in there and done it. That's a new, very Kiwi thing to do. I reckon just go and do it. I mean, the, the downside is you don't get paid a hell of a lot. <laughs> <laughs> And you know everybody, um, and there's a lot of goodwill. You know, a lot of goodwill from the crew and everybody to make these films happen. So you guys will all be working. You too, Hannah. You'll be doing more movies as well, I suppose. When's your movie wrapping up? Or has it just started filming? Uh, finish end of February. Will be. 
completely done, but not. They still got it edited and all. So that. I'm actually in the, in the presence of greatness here. Three actors who have been in full feature movies. Yes, you are. Well, it's <laughs> about the old one out. What can you say to that? But but one person here that we actually recognise on on a very current film that's has some good credits and uh, has a, has a has a has a background in a lot of theatre too, um, and a fellow teacher. Uh, yes. So uh, good. We are here with Mr. Cameron Rose, one of the stars from Housebound, great Kiwi horror comedy film. Um, a method actor, and I wouldn't describe myself as a method actor, but there's moments where you need to get very, very much in the um, zone of performance. And, and I remember doing a short film, Brave Donkey, which I had to have this um, full-on scene. I go, uh, what? <laughs> what? Did, oh, you, the, did you did go and live with the donkeys? What's the rating of this point? Who was the bravest donkey? Oh, oh, okay, we had to have a cry... Okay, if you haven't seen the film, sorry, a cry wank while shoving a dolphin up, a glass dolphin up my ass. This is true yeah. in the film. I'm not for real, no, but you know, but okay. simulated, but very full on. You know, in a, wearing my wife's negligee. This is, and it was a close set with the cinematographer Ginny Lone sort of straddling me with his camera. It was shot on film, so heavy, and um, the director Gayson. Um, and it was very full on emotionally. You know, having a cry wank, shoving this thing on my ass. Jesus, and, um, but I knew it was going to be in the film. So I mean, and you, I mean, I was not clearly it's not porn. So I was pretending to do it, yeah, yeah. but you, ha- I had to go there emotionally for it to be real. So it's incredibly exhausting. And I just all I ever said is, can I have a room where I can go to to kind of debrief, you know, and get myself together? Um, and so, in that sense, in if you're in the moment, believing in it, I, you are kind of living it really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you have to uh, do it for real. I mean, clearly, you wouldn't really kill someone or, or whatever. So I think method, in a way, is people really investing in what they're doing, which I think just, surely is just good acting, isn't it? That's, taking yeah. one for the crew. That's uh, definitely taking one for the crew, that one is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah can I borrow your cell phone? I just need to go and rehearse. Are you feeling slightly typecast? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, um, <laughs> but also, uh, the, um, Curtis and Sophie, who did Fantail, because I'm involved with the Actors Programme, which is a one-year drama school. I'm on the artistic board of that and do a bit of teaching. But they just did a um, 40-minute short film called Dollar Reserve about, um, all said about Trade Me, and I think they're going to make that into a web series as well. Uh, through Trade Me, it's interesting, So using these drama students. So, it's, look, it's really opening things up, the web. And also, the way TV is going now with Netflix and all that sort of stuff, these amazing series being made for on-demand... It's going to completely change the face of television. And really, anyone can do it. And you can do it with your iPhone or you know, yeah. your smartphone now because the quality is good enough. Yeah. And the thing is that it's really great. So there's going to be a lot more content happening, and they're going to need stories. So it's getting away from network TV, yeah. which opening it up, and it means that you can have much more cultural diversity and story diversity. And I think New Zealand's actually leading the way here. I went to a big summit recently in Australia because yeah. I'm also involved with Actors' Equity, and this was through Equity talking about cultural diversity and casting for actors. And I had a guy over from New York, from SAG, Screen Actors Guild, who was talking about America and American casting. And, you know, Australia, it's a big event now because they've got an Aboriginal character on Neighbours, like one guy, you know. That's a major thing. And then you, it is about time, Jesus. But you look at, you look at Shaun Street, though, and how culturally diverse that is. And, you know, and I, look, we can still get better, let's face it. But I think that we are a hell of a bit than Australia is in that, in that sense, in the sense of, um, I mean, there are some good things in Australia, like Redfern now, but they tend to be niche market, you know, in mainstream television. We can still get better, let's face it, but, yeah. but we are, this is a good thing about New Zealand, I reckon. And we look at the film awards, the, the Māori content, for example, in those films, yeah. and the amount of filmmakers, Polynesian Māori filmmakers, yeah. can only be good. I mean, it's great that we 
have this going on in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a huge amount of um, Maori influences there. I mean, if you look at a lot of the major Polynesian, contenders, yeah. they're all or Polynesian. They're all connected somehow, almost like a like split ends. The music going. If I was to do a comparison, like that drummer plays in this band and that crowded house, and they're all sort of connected. I felt the same way with um, with Tyker's film. He's connected to what the other guys are doing with Boy. You know, you had yeah. James Rolleston from Boy, who was in, originally in Tyker's movie, and there's a lot of connections there. Eh? You're right. You're right. The racial division. I actually didn't know. But so I, I, what I was going to say before I was laughing when Cameron said about you know having the Aborigine and neighbours. You know, the first one. Honestly, the first time I went to Australia, because what I'd mainly seen of Australian television was just a lot of white people, you know, mm-hmm. the cricket teams, the rugby teams. Yeah. So I thought when I got off the plane, it's going to be spot, spot the brownie. And, but when I got there, it was more like spot the whitey. And I thought, well, Australia doesn't represent their people at all. On the, on so, the film media. So yeah, yeah, big clap, raise the glass to having the first Aborigine. I think you do well in uh, a period piece. I can just imagine you care. Even Downton Abbey. Oh, Would you, yeah. are you, are you, are you? I think George Clooney's going to be in Downton Abbey. Oh, you know, you, the, the th- yeah, the things you want to be in wouldn't you be? It's Downton Abbey and Game of Thrones. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't that be just great to play a guest role? I mean, Keisha's got a guest role, isn't she? Yeah, she has. Yeah, yeah, Lucky yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be great to be in those ones because they're upper end. They're upper end TV, aren't they? They're just yeah. fantastic. Period. Oh, yeah. Cold like they're wonderful. So I'd love to. I mean, that would be yeah. my dream. I'd love to, actually, having said that, HBO is responsible for a lot of those productions, though, including, I'd love to be in anything HBO. If yeah. they remake The Wire. Yeah. You'd be there, definitely. I'd be there, yeah. Like the concourse, you look a little bit like Jermaine, a little bit, in a certain light, Jared. Yeah. Well, if he ever clicks an award, maybe I'll get to sit in his seat if he needs to go and spend a penny. <laughs> yeah. You could be the, the seat filler. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, it looks like you've already got a few uh, people here, if you've got future right. projects coming up. Good, and it's uh, good night from me. And good night from me. Good night from me. And from? And good night from me, Cameron. No one said it's good night from him. That's what it's oh. oh, Good night, John Boy. Okay, outro music, please, Hannah. Here we go. Oh, Something funky to see on a, on a night. Oh, is that tone? Something that sounds like a brave donkey. You got any brave donkey noises here? Donkey Con? There was a ghost in this house, Kylie. What are you going to do against a hostile spirit? I'm going to smash it in the face. When you put an overactive mind in an inactive environment, there's bound to be complications. I need a counselling session. I just need to get out of this house. Oh, no. They've been doing this all week. Hold on. Oops.